Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Stephanie Everett. And I'm Jennifer Wiggum, and this is episode 430 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Sarah interviews Lapser Chong about how he was able to build his team in a down market. Today's podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists, Gavel, and Clio. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support, so stay tuned because we're going to tell you more about them later on. Stephanie, we have exciting news. Like, really exciting. I think so. Aaron and I rewrote the book. Woo! That was a process, wasn't it? A little bit. I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times people do a second version of their book and it probably just feels like a little light touch where they go in and change a few sentences, maybe add a paragraph or two and call it a day. This is not that. <laughs> this, no. <laughs> this is a lot more. I mean, I think a lot of the concepts are the same and similar, but I think we added a whole new level in this next version of the book. And we go deeper into some concepts that we touched on in the first book, but we talk about them in a much clearer way now and deeper way. Yeah. I mean, I would say the mission remains the same, but you have kind of added some things for people to think about that maybe nobody is thinking about right now, not to tease it. But yeah, I think so. I think there's new concepts. I think that if you read the first edition, you will still find a ton of value out of reading yeah. this new edition. If you haven't read either, then why not? You should, I think. <laughs> read both. Compare them side yes. by side. Let us know what changed. I'll no. let you off the hook. Just read the new one. It's yeah. It's the Small Firm Roadmap Revisited. And is it available now or... You can jump online right now and pre-order, which is the best way to make sure it's in your hands as soon as it's hot off the presses. So pre-order link is open now. The best way to find that is to go to lawyerist.com slash book. And on February 20th, the copy will release on Amazon and be available to you. And special bonus, if you're coming to ABA Tech Show this year, Bring a copy along with you or find us. We're going to be doing a book signing event. I'll have more details on that soon. But Aaron and I are both planning to be at Tech Show so that we can talk about the book and sign it for people, which some people like. Cool. We'll have to practice your autograph a couple of times to get it ready. I learned on the first edition, there's a particular page you're supposed to sign on. It's important. Oh, yeah. I look forward to seeing what page it is because I actually don't know that. So we'll just wait. Come to the tech show to find out what page that you sign on. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Well, let's listen to Sarah talk to Chong. Hi, I'm Chong Ye. I'm a personal injury lawyer here in Federal Way, Washington. I have two other offices, one in Bellevue and another one in Tacoma. And I've been with the Lawyerist Lab. I've been a lapster for the past almost a year now. Yeah, I'm personally really excited to have you on the podcast today and, and have a conversation with you because, you know, just for context purposes, for those listening, when our podcast director reached out to us coaches in the Lawyer's Lab program and asked us, she said, we want to do an episode about 
hiring in a quote unquote down market? And do you know of any labsters that have had a good experience with this and with building their team? And you immediately came to mind for me. And I'm like, we have to interview Chong. He's the perfect person for this episode. And so we reached out to you and I'm like, Chong, let's do this. And you are so humble in the sense that you are like, I just don't know. Maybe we'll do it in a year or two from now when I'm a little bit further along on my journey, I've reached some other goals. And I convinced you to come on because you have done some amazing things in your firm over the past year since we've been working together. And I know that it's going to help a lot of people who struggle with hiring or feel discouraged when it comes to hiring and building their team. So just thanks again for coming on here. So tell us a little bit about your team and what it looks like, maybe sort of how that journey has come about. Well, again, I, I really appreciate your recommendation. You know, I am still learning. Even after 12 years, I'm still learning to be a better lawyer, better business person. I mean, I, I think lawyers has had a great impact in the last year as I try to improve myself as a business person. And so I, I really appreciate lawyerists. A lot of background just about my firm is that I started my law firm in Bellevue, and I live in the suburb of Tacoma in the outskirts by the water. And my wife uh, encouraged, or I, I guess she persuaded me to get an office in Bellevue of all places. And without traffic from my house to Bellevue would be about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. With traffic, now that's two hours plus. Wow. And so I was commuting back and forth in my earlier years. I mean, I spent three hours on the road each day and it got to a point where I was like, I can't do this. But, you know, I was growing my cases. I was increasing my case volume, but I was really, really struggling to keep up with my case work just because I was spending so much time meeting clients and commuting back and forth. Fortunately, I talked to a friend of mine from church. I had known her and her husband. Know, for about a year, two years. And I understood that she loved writing. Her, her background is in writing, creative writing. And so I suggested to her, hey, I need help. I know you're a great writer. Would you be able to help me write my demand letter? Because, you know, I'm getting all these clients, but I'm really not able to help them because I can't send out demand letters. I mean, I was working on Saturdays and Sundays too. And so she agreed. <laughs> she took a gamble on me. And, and, and I I am so appreciative of her because she, after you know, 12 years, she's still with me. You know, she started out as a demand writer, but she basically took more and more off of my plate just because she is so organized. My staff who come from, you know, many other law firms, they say, Chong, you are blessed to have her because she really, really goes above and beyond you know, what it expected. And they said, uh, you know, they've never met a, you know, co-worker who's as dedicated to her craft than she is. And they said, yeah, and then she is so loyal to you. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I really appreciated that. And so as she was working with me, you know, the firm grew. I mean, she, she's my trusted lieutenant. I don't think the firm would be where we are at today without her. 
we butt heads at times because I want to, I think this is a good case, but certain case is good. And she'll tell me, no, it's not. And she'll tell me why. <laughs> and I think you need that. You need someone on your team who is willing to stand up because she understands what my values are. You know, core values and mission statements are of the firm. And every time I try to do something that is not in line with the core value or the mission statement, she'll, you know, stand up and say no. Yeah, challenge that. Yeah, and at times, do I feel my ego is being hurt? Yeah. <laughs> but I think many times I come to appreciate that because had I gone down that road, I would have found myself very, very miserable. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's been with me for 12 years, so she's seen this before. Mm -hmm. But she would remind me, remember that time? And I'm like, you know, I, I don't remember. I don't want to remember. But, but I trust remind. you. <laughs> yeah. And my other staff in the office, they just love her. And they said, you know, Chong, <laughs> this firm needs her. And you found somebody that is very, very special. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you don't want to lose her. And I don't want to lose her. And she's helped me so much in the last 12 plus years. Well, I hope she listens to this episode and shout out, <laughs> shout out to her, shout out to your <laughs> wife too. But we'll, we'll talk about how she's helped you in a minute, but there, there's going to be yeah. a lot of good shout outs in this episode. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know how we were able to do it because when I initially started out, I had over 200, you know, PI cases or some, some years and some years more. And she was the only one. She was my only paralegal at the time. And to this day, I'm like, wow, I don't know how I, how she managed to do it and how I managed to do all that. Because it was her writing the demands, me working on the, you know, the litigation part and negotiation and meeting cl new clients too. And so we kind of, I don't know how we did it now. You know, the firm grew. Now I have, you know, my wife, her, and a litigation paralegal, a legal assistant, a negotiator, and a, a receptionist, you know, front desk coordinator, who really helped me work, you know, basically allow the firm to function. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Each and every one of them have a very important role, very vital role in the firm. And I, I don't think the firm would survive without their expertise. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think that we have to have those people on our team who challenge us because they're coming from a different perspective. And we look at the world and what's possible through our own lens, through our own colored lens. And someone else has a different colored lens that they're looking at things. And that's one thing that I really admire about you is your humility and being able to admit that, you know, even despite your solid vision for your firm, you can admit that your perspective isn't always maybe the right one, or maybe it's not all inclusive, right? So you have this challenging perspective of her, your, your right-hand person, and, and you've got your wife coming into now being involved. And what's, what's her role been? Well, my wife, her role in the firm is she is the integrator. I'm the visionary. I'm, I'm the person who kind of has the big picture. And, you know, she'll always tell me, do we have, you know, she looks at the bottom line, <laughs> you know? And, and so my wife and I, we constantly clash and we sometimes 
do take it at home. And my two kids, they grew up watching us talking about, you know, business. You know, we won't talk about clients, you know, and so forth. But they really get tired of us, you know, bringing work, whether it's in the car, you know, when you're driving up, you know, to a restaurant or, you know, in the dinner table. And they're telling us, no, let's not talk about, you know, your work. Let's focus on the family. And so, I mean, I guess that's one downside of having your spouse or work in the firm with you. But no, um, like my trusted paralegal, you know, I, I trust my wife, but she is a numbers person. I'm a risk taker. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to expand my marketing. I want to do some new things. But she always challenges me, okay, but can we afford it? Mm-hmm. And that's a constant struggle that my wife and I, I always have. And I guess it'll always be a challenge just because she and I think differently. But I mean, she compliments me because I have a tunnel vision and I don't really think about other things in the office. She is more nurturing. So what she does is I may be blunt <laughs> or I may say things that I shouldn't have. I later regret. And she would basically be the mom in the office and comfort the staff if I stepped out of line or if I said something that I shouldn't have said. And so we really compliment each other. And my staff, they really, really love my wife. They really love her more than me (laughs) because she is so nurturing and she is so understanding. Yeah, but I, I argue that they, they love you and appreciate you just as much, but in a different way. And you really are a classic visionary, Chong. And as your coach, I'm so grateful for the role that your wife has played. I mean, she probably doesn't even realize the impact that she has even in our coaching calls because of that perspective that she brings. It's almost like as a visionary, we fly so high in the sky sometimes. And we see things from a 20,000 foot perspective, which is critical. We have to have that perspective in a business, but we also have to have someone tethered to the ground. That's going, Whoa, we got to remember what's happening down here on the ground and how what's going on up there is going to affect what's happening here on the ground. We have to. And I think honestly, you have the ideal situation there with those differing perspectives. And maybe it's not always ideal to work with our spouse. I know I've done it. I built and sold a business with my husband 10, 12 years ago. And there's a book that really helped me through that and helped me navigate the boundaries of work and home. And I'll just recommend it for those who are listening. I think I've even recommended it to you. And it's written by, I forget her name, but she's the co-owner of Stony Brook yogurt brand or Stonyfield, one of those. And she wrote this book called for better or for work, you know, like for better or for worse, but that book was really helpful for me. And I think it's, you know, even years later, that is timeless. So I'll just throw that in there. So you, you had these people who were incredibly value in your firm, almost just like holistically, naturally come in and settle in and help you build this thing. But for the rest of the team members, was it as natural and organic? How did you grow your team slowly but surely to where it is now? 
Did you face challenges? Was it hard to find those people? Yes, because I had such a success with my first hire, my friend, because <laughs> she went above and beyond. And I thought I could just hire anybody off the street. Who would be like her? Who would be like her? Basically, who will self-teach? Because, I mean, I'm a couple of years out of law school, first year out of law school. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, when I was in law school, I, I as you know, I went to law school kind of late in my, my 30s. You know, I had a prior career. And so when I went to law school, I had a big ambition. Oh, yeah, I want to work at, you know, <laughs> top 100 law firms. But I realized more and more because I had a family back then. I realized I can't compete with these 20-somethings classmates because, number one, I couldn't stay up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I tried that for the first month. And what I found was I would doze off in classes. So I said, you know what? I can't do that. And, you know, law school, has a, you know, it is it's very competitive. And I'm like, I'm sure law, big law firms are competitive as well. So I, I, I kind of gave that up. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll work at a small boutique law firm or something. And that's what my desire was, or that's what my goal was. You know, I envisioned myself working in a transactional law firm. Never realized I, was, I would go into litigation. But 2009, I graduated. And what happened? You know, we had all those, you know, economic downturn at that time. No one was hiring. And I'm, you know, I'm coming back home from out of state. So, of course, I'm, a, you know, I have no network, no nothing. You know, fortunately, I had a brother who was a chiropractor who kind of, you know, referred me to other lawyers uh, in town and, and who kind of helped me network with other chiropractors. So that was kind of helpful, but it was very challenging. And, you know, so I was learning on the fly and, you know, my paralegal, you know, I, I kind of gave her that assignment because all I wanted, you know, initially, as I said, I wanted to hire her for her demand writing skills, but she picked up these other skills. I mean, she's phenomenal in organization. She'll basically, you know, once we bring in a case, she will go ahead and review it. You know, she'll comb through all of the files and send me a one pager, <laughs> an overview of, of the intake, I mean, of the, of the case. And it was a great summary because it was a great overview. And I had a great idea, okay, this is going to be a problematic case or no, this is a very good case. So I thought, well, everybody's just like her because she and I, we have the same work ethics, right? We go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I thought everybody else would go above and beyond, but that wasn't the case. So, I mean, I hire people thinking that they're all going to be like her, but that was a mistake on my part. Mm -hmm. And I realized not everyone is like her. You know, there was a lot of, you know, trial and error. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, we were big enough that I was able to hire. I, I needed help with litigation because I was not able to draft someone's in complaint. And, you know, my pre-lit paralegal, she couldn't do demand writing and also the drafting of pleadings as well because she had no experience. And I didn't have the time or the bandwidth to teach her all of this so I struggled to figure out okay what do I do so I you know I ultimately lucked out and hired a litigation paralegal who's had experience as a litigation paralegal and she worked for about two years and she went back to school for her you know CPA and she wanted to be an account you know CPA so she went and got her accounting degree 
And she told me, hey, Chong, I can only help you up to this point because she was working remotely, you know, at that time. Because she said, I'm going to be taking my finals and CPA exam. And so I said, okay. I was looking for, an, you know, an associate for a paralegal. And I, at that time, I, I decided, well, I have a friend. And I, oh, well, let me kind of back up. I also was look, looking for somebody who was really, really well-versed in marketing because that's an area that I was really focusing on too, growing my firm. So I hired a friend who has been very, very instrumental in my life. You know, so I, I hired him because he's an attorney. And I realized, number one, I had realized at that point, number one, I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I'm not a good teacher because I didn't have the time to teach him. I was doing so many other things. Mm-hmm. The mistake that I made with him was I, I overwhelmed him mm-hmm. with litigation because he was, you know, he wanted to kind of do marketing and, and not so much on litigation or pre-lit stuff, but I, and that's what I had him do. You know, he wasn't very successful. I mean, he wasn't very helpful, I guess. Uh, and I didn't recognize that early enough. Yeah. Sounds like it was the right person, but maybe not the right seat. Yeah. So what ultimately ended up happening was right before the pandemic, I, I reviewed my revenue. And I realized for the last six months, right before the pandemic started, it happened. The firm did not generate any money, any mm. revenue. Basically, the firm was running on reserves, you know, that I had, and it was almost depleted. And it got to a point where I said, okay, this cannot happen. This is not sustainable. And so I ended up having to let him go. I mean, it was a hard decision. And I mean, if I could have done something differently, definitely, number one, I would have made sure that I placed him in a you know, position that he, where he would succeed. Mm-hmm. And so that's a mistake that I made, and to this day I regret. But as he was let go, I needed somebody to help me with the, the litigation file because I was just not, we're so overwhelmed at that point. Fortunately, I was able to hire, find a litigation paralegal. How did you find her? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I put an ad out. On LinkedIn or where? I think Indeed is what I, where I put the ad. and I saw an applicant that I really liked, but she was working for another a friend of mine's firm. And so I called her offline and I, you know, I told her, hey, this person is looking into working for me. You know, what do you, what do you think? And you know, she said, you know what? She's great, but I have another litigation paralegal that I just cannot afford at this time because of, I mean, with the pandemic, and she was really, really scared. She, she forwarded me her resume. And she came highly recommended. She's got 35 plus years of experience in litigation. And I had another friend who told me, hey, look, Chong, I, I heard you're looking at hiring so-and-so. I'm like, yeah. And he said, do it. She's good. You know, when he was working with, a, with my other friend, my present litigation paralegal was very, very instrumental in the case, you know, in litigation. He said, you're not going to go wrong. So that's how I hired her. And she's been very, very instrumental because of her all of her experience. She's been very helpful to me. She's been very helpful to the other staff in the office. One thing you'll know about me is I have very little ego. You know, I tell my, you know, all my staff, hey, 
you do things better than I do, and you have more experience than I do. You're not going to hurt my ego. And if you tell me, hey, that's not how you do it, or that's not how I learned it, because I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to learn to be a better lawyer, be a better person. And I think humility will go a long way because my staff, they love that about me, that, hey, look, I'm not always perfect. <laughs> so tell me, if, you know, if you feel like there's a better way to do this. And so, you know, she came in and she was helping me with all the litigation files. And I, one day I, I talked to her. I said, you know, I hate negotiations. I, I hate arguing with the adjusters about the merit, merits of the case. Adjusters, they have their way of doing things. I have to basically make sure I cover my end as well. And we're both doing our job. But there are too many times where I get my feelings hurt or I get so upset and my blood is boiling. I mean, I would come out, you know, after a, a heated negotiation, I would come out of the office and I would be so angry, you know, because of the ridiculous offers. And I just said, you know, if I do this, if I continue down this road, I, I, I think I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke because I just can't control this again. I have never had experience negotiating, right? So I'm learning as I go. I, I, I was honest. I said, do you know anybody who could kind of help me with negotiation? Because we have all these cases that I just, number one, don't want to handle <laughs> because the offer's so ridiculous or, you know, we're, we have to end up filing. And, and so she recommended me a friend of hers that she's known who's, who was retired at the time. But he called her a few weeks ago or before I, my, our conversation and, and said, yeah, he might be interested. So let me talk to him. And he was interested. And I met him and he said, Chong, I do not want to come. I want to stay retired or semi-retired. I don't want to work more than 10 hours. And I was like, perfect. Because I was thinking, I don't have the caseload for you to hire you for 40 hours and, I, you know, and, and, and so forth. He has 40 years of experience. And, you know, he's not only helped me with negotiate, you know, settling cases, but he's also taken me under his wings because he's worked for some of the biggest law firms in, in the state. And he would tell me, hey, this is what I learned from this lawyer. Hey, this is what I learned from this lawyer, how they do it. And he's just been a, a wealth of wisdom for me. I mean, him and my litigation paralegal, you know, because they have such experience working for all these other, you know, well-known law firms in the state. And there was another, I had a legal administrative assistant who abruptly left towards the beginning of last year. And I needed to hire somebody to replace her. And they both recommended their coworkers from another law firm that they worked together with. Wow. And she came in as a legal assistant. And, oh man, she's helped me so much. Yeah. You know, she retrieved records, medical records, and she kind of came in and saw how inefficient we were with that process. And she totally changed that around. Now, I mean, it's so much smoother, so much efficient. And so she implemented a system that has really, really helped increase the firm's revenue just because we're able to get these much more quicker. And number two, she spoke English, you know, which I did not have at the time, and, and you know, before her, 
where there were some backlogs, she would get on the phone and call the medical providers or the records, uh, records company and ask what is the order. And we would be able to get that done. Whereas before it was, I was the one who the firm relied on to call, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's not a, a time very well spent on my part. And so I would never be able to call them just because I, I was inundated with so many other things. And I'm so glad that you realized that, you know, I think that that humility has gone a long way for you in you being able to build this successful team. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from our beloved sponsors. And when we come back, I want to keep talking about what else has contributed to you building the team that makes this firm successful. So we'll be right back. The Lawyers Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash lawyerist. And by Clio. What do solo and small firm lawyers with great client relationships have in common? They use cloud-based legal practice management software to run their law firms. This is just one finding from Clio's latest legal trends report. There's no getting around it. The fact is, when it comes to client expectations, standards are higher than ever before for lawyers. Proof is in the numbers. 88% of lawyers using cloud-based software report good relationships with clients. For firms not in the cloud, barely half can say that. That gap is significant. For more information on how cloud software creates better client relationships, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com slash trends. That's Clio, spelled C-L-I-O, dot com slash trends. And by Gavel. In the next 10 years, 90% of legal services will be delivered online by lawyers. Gavel, previously called Documate, is the software platform for lawyers to build client-facing legal products. With Gavel, collect client intake, feed that data into robust document automation flows, and collect payments to scale your practice. Companies like Landlord Legal, Just Tech, and Hello Divorce are built on Gavel for both internal and client-facing automation. Sign up for a free trial now at gavel.io slash partnership slash lawyerist and get $100 off your subscription. Or you can book a time at gavel.io slash partnership slash lawyerist to get a free consultation on incorporating automation into your practice. I'm back with Chong and we're talking about how his team if I had to boil it down, your success of building an amazing team has been a direct result of having good relationships with people, because it sounds like you haven't had to do much hiring from job postings up to this point in the conversation, 
already. Would you say that that's the case, that it's kind of all about who you know? I mean, I know that you you use the term luck a lot, but I like to give you credit for having those good relationships, seeking those relationships. Even in lab, you've made some amazing relationships with other attorneys in the program that that have helped you. Do you think that that's a big contributing factor? Yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the things that my wife, she doesn't compliment and met me a whole lot, but you know, the thing <laughs> that she does compliment on. on the, She's selective with the compliments. <laughs> yeah, very selective with the compliments. But one of the things that she compliments me on is the relational part. She has a very hard time making friends or, you know, carrying on a conversation in a, in a new environment. But, you know, I don't have that. I'm a people person. I, I like to talk to people. Uh, I like to learn about them. Maybe it comes from my, you know, pastoral background, but I just want to have that relationship. And, and I think that's what my clients appreciate too, is that I'm able to empathize. I'm able to listen to their pain. And that's what the staff that I have now all, you know, are a result of that. Because my litigation paralegal, she loved working for me. She loves working for me. And so she, you know, whenever I ask her, she's not afraid to recommend her coworkers, you know, or her friends, because she really loves the culture that I built in this law firm. And, you know, this is the thing. I tell my staff, I don't want cat fights in the office. I don't have the patience to deal with that. I mean, I, I have patience to deal with mistakes. Mistakes are all fixable, you know, but if you don't like each other, if you don't get along with each other, that makes my job very difficult because I have to manage that. I have to oversee that. And I don't have the time. I need to tell my kids that. That's a great conversation to have with my kids. <laughs> The thing is, they're all professionals, and that's what I appreciate. Because of their vast background, experience, and knowledge, they all share a little bit of me. You know, they all say, yeah, you're not going to hurt me with some criticisms. And then we all are able to listen to each other's criticisms if we do have any. We don't have any. I think we fostered an environment where an atmosphere or a workplace that fosters encouragement. Hey, you know, we want to make sure we help you. I love coming to work. And that's really, really hard to say. I remember working for companies that I just detested going into work just because the drama involved. You know, that's what all my staff are telling me. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chong, we love coming to work just because it's so, you know, it's so great. And yeah, I mean, I, I think relational is my strength and the strength of this firm. Yeah. You know, to kind of summarize the things that you've said that have helped you build a great team in even a down market. And I will say this, I'll point this out that in our coaching relationship over the past year or so, when other people were telling me that they were having trouble hiring because it was a down hiring market or that they assumed that it would be hard to find good people on the team. And they almost approached it with this attitude of like, this is impossible. And meanwhile, I'm telling them like, no, it's not because I literally am coaching Chong over here and this person over here and this person over here who's doing it and having good success and actually 
bringing, you know, not just finding good people, but like managing good people who stay on the team and actually contribute something valuable. So I think that for you, a lot of it starts with attitude. You know, you just don't really strike me as someone who really buys into the narrative of the media or the narrative of the economy or the narrative of this down hiring market and all that stuff. You're just like, you have your vision and you're, you trust that there will be a way and it it will come about. And you have the humility to go, I don't have all the answers, but I know that there's someone who does. And you have the humanness about you to connect with people and nurture relationships. And that has caused you to attract the right people at the right time who either was the person for the job or even created a job, you know, brought value to your team that you didn't even know was needed or knew someone who could bring value to your team. And you've really created a culture in which it's okay to, what I've heard you say is it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to talk about what's not working. It's okay to share your perspective and it's okay to ask for help. And you really, really, truly appreciate people. So that's kind of my summary of what I think has really contributed to your success. Would you have anything else to add for people out there who are listening, who maybe are a little bit discouraged with their team or they're discouraged with the hiring process in general? Is there anything else you'd add? I think you need to understand. I needed to understand who I was, how I functioned, how I work. You know, I am not a person who can do everything. I know a lot of solo attorneys who only have a receptionist and they do everything. I'm not one of those type of person. I need to delegate as much as possible because I am not a multitasker. When I'm on the phone and my wife comes in or somebody else comes in and tells me, I tell them, you know, I, I put up my arm and said, don't come in. Because I can't do, I can't multitask. Mm-hmm. What happened in the past was they would tell me something and I'm, I'm, I'm doing something else, you know, and I, I would forget what they said. Naturally, yeah. And then I would go ahead and do something and they would wonder why I'm doing that. I said, well, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. No, I just told you what, you know, last week or, you know, a few days ago. And it got to a point where I was just not able to function. And I told them, don't barrage me overwhelm me with stuff, you know, let me do my thing and bother me or let me know after I'm done with that. And so now they're pretty good about emailing me stuff or not barging into my office. We need to get you a sign on your door or something, something that lights up. You could just hit a switch and it's like, don't come in (laughs) on air. Yeah, on air. I I think that's what I need. So (laughs) number one, you need to understand who you are. You need to admit I think this is very important, at least for me it was. You need to acknowledge what your weaknesses are. And you need to be able to find people who will be able to fill those weaknesses. Because I, I, as I said earlier, my model in my law firm is don't get in the way. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I would say, oh, yeah, we should do this. We should write our demand letters this way or we should negotiate this way. And they'll say, okay, Sean, we'll do it. And it becomes so inefficient because they know now that it's not worth them 
confronting me and saying, you know, stopping me, they want to see me make my own mistake, <laughs> eat my own words, right? So mm-hmm. now I, I try to stay out of their way. So you need to understand your weakness, who you are. And number two, you need to understand, hey, look, you can't micromanage. You need to kind of step back and get out of their way so that they can do their job. And that comes with trust. And I mean, that trust is reciprocal because I think if I trust my staff to be able to do their job, they trust that I'm a good boss. Yeah. You know, every week we would try to have a weekly huddle where we talk about, okay, what are your wins? What are some of the things that you're working on this week? And what are you struggling with? And, and we will share that. And that really ha- that has helped really build a bond. You know, because we're such a small firm, I don't have departmental meetings. I just have, you know, an entire staff meeting that way. And, and so it's been very helpful. I mean, what I say when we first started that, it wasn't very encouraging because my trusted lieutenant, she later sent me an email, you know, she doesn't like to tell me up front, but she'll write me a long email. And so whenever I get, whenever I get an email from her, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, you got to prepare yourself. <laughs> yeah. I have to brace myself. Right. Yeah. She's going to tell me she's again, she's going to be very honest. Yeah. And you need that. Everybody does. Again, I detest it. I mean, I, I get bruised, you know, when we're meeting that, but I've come to accept that she, I mean, she loves working for me. You know, she thinks, you know, this law firm is her own baby as well. Oh, I'd love to bring her on the lawyer's podcast and get her perspective. That'd be so fun. <laughs> no, I love that about her. You know, she would tell me, hey, look, what is the purpose of the weekly huddle? We want to make sure we share our things. But a lot of times, bulk of the times you're, you know, you are talking over people. You are telling them what to do. You're not listening. And so she really said something that I really needed to hear. And now it's gotten a lot better. And so it's a lot more structured than before. And so, again, I'm, I'm really open to suggestions, open to making sure things run better in the law firm. And I think that's what the staff really, really appreciates is that, okay, I appreciate your opinions. You know, and feel free to let me know. And, and they don't abuse that either. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautifully said. I'm so proud of you. And it's been really, really cool being on this journey with you in growing your business and reaching your goals. And I know that you have a lot more that you're excited about. I mean, last year alone, you did some amazing things. You built a great team and you you know, you implemented some systems and you exceeded your revenue goal. And just, it's been so awesome seeing that journey for you. What's next for you? What are you excited about? Well, in the immediate future, I need to hire an associate. And I'll tell you a little experience that I've had. You know, I I talked to some friends who recommended me, oh yeah, you should post your job on LinkedIn and, and do the paid services. So I, I did that, but you know I was stupid enough to post it during the holidays, right? <laughs> and I get a bill for thousand dollars, and I had zero oh, no. applicants. And so I'm wondering, what in the world? I spent thousand dollars. I didn't get anything. So I said, okay, I'm I'm gonna pause this. And I was talking to a friend of mine who said, 
Now, why would you do that? Just go ahead and post it for free and mm-hmm. see if somebody, you know, somebody will go ahead and, you know, apply. So after making that mistake, I decided to post a job on LinkedIn and Indeed. And I got an applicant that I'm really, really happy about. Really fits the culture from uh, the resume and his cover letter. And as you know, you read through my job post. And he was the only one. I mean, I got applicants, but he was the only one who followed my direction down Mm -hmm. to the chief. Yep. Got to put those Easter eggs in there and make sure that they're paying attention. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm just like, oh my goodness. I love this person. And I shared, you know, his resume to my firm staff. And they said, wow, this is great. I mean, I hope this person works out. So my immediate goal is to hire an associate as soon as possible. My other plan is, you know, we're kind of growing out of this office. So we're moving into a bigger space next month. So, I mean, those are two exciting things. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I just want to continue to grow. Lawyerist has been very, very valuable because I have a lot of things in my head. As most visionaries do. Yeah. And lawyers has kind of helped me categorize and organize things so that I'm able to see things much more clearly. I mean, it was everything was cluttered in my head. I just could not put it down into the paper. But you guys have really forced me to, you know, put things on the paper and, and get more organized. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it's been such a joy, again, working with you and having you on the Lawyerist podcast. Thanks for coming on today and sharing your story about how you built this amazing team. I'm excited to see what's next for you. I have no doubt whatsoever that you're going to fill that associate role with just the perfect person at just the perfect time. It sounds like you got at least one promising candidate. So stay tuned, you know, for those of you who want to connect with Chong and see how it goes. Well, you got to come into the lab program because that's, that's your only way. It's the, the secret door in. (laughs) Thanks again for coming on here and all the luck to you, but I know you got this. Thank you very much. The Lawyerist podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.